want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What's up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to the Friday show. It is uh, November 10th. I'm putting this up on November 10th. You might be listening to it after November 10th. Either way, happy November 2023. Appreciate you guys finding me on any streaming service, wherever I am. Thank you. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, if not, maybe you found me on highpodomdad.com. Bookmark it. Come back. All the archives. Yeah. Good stuff across the board. Um. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how fast the year goes? Isn't it crazy how fast our lives go? And I know that we all talk about this all the time, how when you're a kid, one year is like one-fifth of your life when you're five. But when you're in your 40s, it's like one-fortieth of your life. And next thing you know, you're, you feel like you're sprinting towards the finish line. I definitely feel like this year has been going by quick. My life has, in some ways, gone by quick. And I wrote about that on High Blog, I'm Dad. Dot com a little bit this week as it relates to my son, because I think so often we forget how much has changed and the time that has passed because it feels like no time has passed at all. If you say to me, 2017, it seems like it just happened, right? Like it doesn't seem like that long ago. But if you say to me, when you first started the blog, that feels like a long time ago. The person I was Seven years ago, completely different person. I was married and I had, um, you know, my son was like a little tiny, like five years old, five years old. All of that is crazy. But for me, I mean, 2017, it's just like, I don't know, yesterday, week ago. So it's weird. So that's kind of how I approached my blog on Monday, because I think it's important to, to look at things that way sometimes, because you get stuck in that headspace. And I wrote about that as it relates to, you know, Lucas, my son, he's nonverbal, he has autism, uh, and the article that I wrote on Monday was Unspoken Progress, Marking Milestones with My Nonverbal Son. And here's why this article was important. Here's what I wrote about. It's the idea that when Lucas was little, there were things he did and things that he didn't do. You know, Lucas didn't like to go to parties. He still doesn't love to go to parties, but he's better at parties now, right? He's, he's 12 years old, and I'll bring him, he'll go out, you know, his sister had a bar mitzvah. Two years ago, he went, he, you know, danced, he had fun, we ran out, we played, and it was sweet. I mean, he didn't, he didn't love it, right? Like, he, it wasn't his favorite thing in the world, but you compare this to when he was five, six years old, it's kind of like night and day. In fact, it's funny, I actually had a, a call with his school, and they described even a few months ago, when he first started the school, as night and day, in terms of how he handle transitions, which is a big part uh, of my son's life. I don't know. I'm sure it's a big special needs parent thing or autism parenting, however you want to put it. Uh, that doesn't really get talked about a lot, but it's always been an issue for Lucas. They call it transitions. So 
if Lucas is in school and, and he's in his main classroom and they have to go to art and he has to get up and he doesn't want to go, that's a transition. And for my son, that can sometimes be an issue and he'll get upset. He doesn't want to get up. He's like me. It's like all of us. You know, like, hey, don't make me get up. You know, I'm totally with you, kid. I don't like to get up. So I understand that. But he has to learn. Sometimes you have to go. And we've dealt with that. And even this year, talking about school in the last few months, in the very beginning, I couldn't get this kid out of the car to get on the school bus. I couldn't get him off the school bus to get in the car. It was always this weird kind of upset, but not really sure why he was upset because he was upset getting on the bus, upset getting off the bus. It's like, dude, what's up with you in the bus? Same thing used to be with school when I used to pick him up in elementary school and he would have a little meltdown about leaving at the end of the day. And I used to take it personally and try to figure it was all transitions. It was all dealing with transitions. But what I'm trying to say is he grows up just like I've grown up, just like my daughter's grown up, just like anybody who has any kid has ever seen them grow up. The only difference is that when you have, you know, a neurotypical five-year-old, by the time they're 12, you recognize the differences. You see them and you go, okay, this is a different kid now. When he was five, he was this way. Now he's 12, he's in Little League and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's got a crush on this girl and he likes to do artwork and all the different stuff from when he was five. With my son, my son is 12, but when he was five, he, he watched a lot of the same shows. He read a lot of the same books or looked at the same books. He played with a lot of the same toys. He's my little guy. And that case of, um, I don't think arrested development is the right term. Like whatever the term would be, the the idea that my son stays in many ways the person he was when he was younger. Um, and that's something that I don't like to do. And I know other people sometimes like to do that. Well, I turn around and be like, my son is, is 12 years old, but really he's four. Like they always give them an arbitrary age they hold on to. You know, he's 30, but he's like a six-year-old. Like I get her. Lucas isn't necessarily like a five-year-old. There are things that he does and there are things that he enjoys that are similar to when he was five years old, but he's 12. He's a 12-year-old boy, you know? Um, so I don't like to do that. But when you have a child who is like that, who does hold on to so many of these things from his younger years for longer than, you know, a neurotypical kid would, it sometimes gets you stuck into that mindset. And I have been stuck at times in that mindset with Lucas. Oh, Lucas doesn't like to go there. Lucas isn't going to act good here. And I'm almost always wrong. And he almost always proves otherwise, you know. I've talked about restaurants. And here's the other thing, too, before I get into it. You have to remember Lucas acts how he acts with the people he's with, right? So if you hang out with Lucas and you, let's say, um, feed him food every time he's with you, like you take a fork and you actually physically feed him, chances are over time, he's not going to feed himself around you. He's going to wait for you to do it. He's going to let you do it. Because why not? Who doesn't, who, I, if I can get somebody to feed me, feed me, like do it. Get it. Come on. Happened that time with the school bus where I noticed that the matron was physically lifting him onto the school bus because he didn't want to walk up the stairs. And I had to stop him. I was like, hey, stop, stop. Hey, hey, walk, walk up the stairs because he'll let you do it forever. So there are people, and school had this happen too, where he went on a class trip and he was trying to, he would see food at Panera and he goes over to someone's table and tries to take it off their plate, which gives me heart palpitations, man. That is the worst. That kills me. When he was little, he used to do that. He would run up to plates and he would grab food and he would try to get drinks and I'd have to tackle them and no, 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 apologize and pay for somebody's pancakes or whatever. Terrible, 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 terrible. 
but he doesn't do that with me anymore. I don't know why. I think, to be honest with you, there's two things, there's <laughs> two reasons. I'm going to take you guys in the weeds here. I'll give you kind of behind the scenes. Two reasons why I don't think Lucas steals fruit with me. Number one, I grab him. I'm quick, right? So we're roughly now the same size. I don't think he realizes that. I think he still thinks that I'm bigger than him. Uh, he does try to test me. I don't let him win ever. If he won't get off the ground, I kind of hook his arm and I stand him up like amateur wrestling style. I used to do amateur wrestling. I wrote about pro wrestling, so I know wrestling. Uh, so I can get him up, you know, he's kind of wrench, not wrench his arm, but you know, you grab his arm this way. And it's all about, um, <laughs> it's all about like leverage. It's all about direction. So if I have his arm and I just stand up while holding it, like hooked into, into my arm, he's got no choice. He has to stand up and he looks at me. He makes a face like, what the hell? Like, yeah. So there's that. But also I always made sure that if Lucas did steal food, and he would get it in his mouth because that was always his thing. He would be really quick. He'd grip the, get the food in one, slight, uh, one swipe, right? Like, shh, grab it into his mouth, right? Game over. He wins. Nah, because what I would do, and this is going to sound disgusting. And as I'm even hearing it in my head before I say it out loud, I'm like, this sounds really disgusting. Um, I fish it out of his mouth. I take my finger. I go, no, no, no. And I open his mouth, finger in, curve, food out of the. Hey, look at me like, what are you doing? So he does not enjoy it if he if he steals food when he's with me. So he doesn't steal food with me anymore. And I, again, I heard stories, Panera, stealing food off plates, things like that. in a big restaurant, he would get up from the table and go to another table. And then last year for Easter, or actually this year for Easter, that just passed, um, I took him and his sister to this brunch at this like really crowded kind of... Um, dining hall like this like upper echelon like people wearing like they'll say you know the easter sweaters and all that shit like ties and stuff um and i brought him in and as we got to the table the tables were all on top of each other like being at a big wedding and he was literally inches away from people's plates hungry as he walked through this huge room to the table i didn't take anybody's food I got up to go to the buffet to bring him back food and I left him there with his sister and he didn't get up from the table to take anyone's food. He didn't take anybody's food. And there would have been a time where I wouldn't have brought him there. I would have been like, he can't come here. This is, Lucas doesn't do this. Lucas is, he, he won't be able to control himself. He could. You know why? Because time moved on and because he's grown up and he's learned certain things. And you don't know that unless you bring him around for it. And that's one of the things that's important about a boy like mine you know, Lucas didn't like parties when he was little. He might like them now. He might still hate them. But the idea is to expose him to these things, not to hide him away. If I never brought him around anyone else's food ever, he never would have learned not to grab food. You know what I mean? So that's my responsibility. Parties and fun and things like that. You expose him, you bring him, you make him a part of it. And you learn over time who he is and what he can do. So that was important. That's something that I think a lot of people need to remember. I think it's it's easy to kind of get stuck there for a while and just wring your hands and feel bad. No, my kid doesn't do this. My kid doesn't do that. And you might be right. There's a lot of things that my kid doesn't do, but there's a lot of things that he does. And if I hold on to all the things that he used to not do, I'll never know what he can do today. So that was, uh, that was a good one to write. It meant a lot. And then on Wednesday, I wrote one called Appreciating Lucas, the Unspoken Depth of My Nonverbal Son. Again, about wonderful things about my son, uh, good things about him. It was a good week in terms of blog entries, writing a lot about getting to know him, uh, and the importance of our relationship. So that makes me happy. And I hope you guys get a chance to read it. I hope you guys get a chance to learn about my boy. Um, biggest thing for me, an autism appreciation. I write about it. I talk about it. And I do it all because um, I really think my son is is one of the best human beings I've ever met. Unique, um, 
beautiful soul. And I don't think enough people get a chance to know him because it's hard to get to know him. And I totally admit that. I accept that. You know, if someone's nonverbal, someone doesn't seem to be interacting with you, it's hard to sit down and get to know him. And I don't fault anybody for not knowing Lucas. But that's why I do this. And that's why I write about him because I'm able to tell you about him. I'm able to explain him. I'm able to tell you how he makes me feel as a dad and share that with you guys and talk to you in ways that maybe he can't hopefully help you understand things that maybe, you know, he doesn't because he really is amazing. And a lot of it, again, autism appreciation, a lot of it is accepting that it's because of autism that his personality is so unique in so many ways. So I love getting to do that. I love getting to talk to you guys and I appreciate your time every week, every blog, every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday podcast. It means the world to me. Thank you. That does it for me. I'm going to be back next week with a whole new podcast. I've got blogs Monday, Wednesday, all over the place. Till next week, happy Novester. This is James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, pod. I'm Dad. Dad.